A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Hometown Glory, the Spurs and Culture podcast. Today, our podcast dad, Charlie, sadly can't make it, but we have Ash, Billy and Rosa on. Of course, on the last pod, we were over the moon with our 5-0 win, which of course means we had to lose the next game. Uh, Saturday, we lost 3-2 to Manchester United and a storming Ronaldo performance. But we're going to try to not be a yo-yo podcast to match our ridiculous yo-yo club. Uh, we'll try our best to keep things upbeat as we cover United. I'll fill you in on my drama trying to watch the game. We'll talk Brighton and West Ham, two games this week. Uh, Spurs women and we'll have culture picks as well. Right, United. Rosa, what went wrong? Ultimately, it was just one of those games where I feel like you could have just watched any of our games at Old Trafford over the last like 30 years instead of that one. And it just would have been the same, like Bob, what about like four games there over the last, however many years have just gone like that. Well, we've played quite well, I would say sort of some nice passing, but ultimately just no killer instinct, pretty flimsy, just some hilarious defending and just, and were kind of sucker punched really do you know what was the most frustrating thing for me I think is I'm, I'm going to try and be calm about this and I feel like where I am at the moment is I don't think our defeats like we're not as bad as our defeats make us look but we're also not as good as our victories make us look that's kind of where I, so I'm trying not to be too much on the roller coaster but what was so frustrating was I think they clearly set a trap for us but it was like the most obvious trap in the world like it might have just as just as well said this is a trap don't walk into it and we did like they didn't they didn't come for us in the way that we thought they would right so we couldn't play them like we played City so they did that to us and we just walked straight into it so we just tried some kind of nice passing and then ultimately they just hit us on the break 
And when you've got Ronaldo, and especially a Ronaldo that you're not even trying to close down, like a loss is inevitable, frankly. Yeah, I mean, Dyer, was it Dyer on the first one, not closing down yeah. Ronaldo yeah. and giving him a yard or two of space was, was insane. 37-year-old Inexcusable. Ronaldo. 37 years old, almost exactly the same age as me. Um, I think most frustrating for me was that United didn't seem to actually play that well, apart from obviously Ronaldo, uh, and yet they still beat us. Uh, yeah, Ash- their defence is terrible. So just quick, their defence was terrible. Like the fact that, yeah, they conceded a penalty and gave away an own goal. Like if we'd just been sharper, but we just, we never are there. It's so, so, so frustrating. Ash, um, who did you think was good for us and who was bad? Um, there weren't many good people. Um, Kulusevsky, who I've slagged off on every podcast I've been on, um, was really good and someone called me out on Twitter about that so um, this is my formal apology um, about Kunisevsky and like judging him very quickly because I've been I'm clearly very wrong so I thought he was probably the best player um, thought the defence was pretty poor Region in particular was very bad I thought um, you mentioned Dyer not coming out for the first goal that was poor I thought Bentoncourt wasn't great even though he's been brilliant so far and like we just didn't control the game and even with that being said we still had chances um son had a chance i thought son especially was poor um i feel like i'm naming the entire team but yeah son was just someone's was completely out of sorts um and it was just a really strange game like we weren't really awful but we just like weren't nearly good enough to like beat them and they like Rosa said, they barely showed up and like still got the three points, which is very frustrating. Um, the second goal in particular we conceded like straight after scoring was just so so poor. Um, was it Region who played everyone on side? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, just very poor defending. So yeah, it's a weird like it kind of feels. I mean, not to be too downbeat, but that kind of felt like the signal of top four, like potentially being like done for good and yeah we've got to just hope like we can just like get through the rest of the season and like give Conte like the funds I'm still really hopeful when we've got the right managers yeah it'll be fine I'm sure yeah I thought um Regulon had a particularly bad game and Son that was his worst game of the season probably and he's had some pretty quiet games yeah he was he was genuinely quite terrible Son. Um, Ash, you just touched on it then. Arsenal won yet again at the weekend uh, and United have chalked up another three points, obviously. Billy, it looks like top four's done, right? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, it'll take a miracle at this point. You know, stranger things have happened. Um, I think it's interesting because I think this set of games, which I seem to have been saying for a while now, I think there's quite a good chance that we could be back to where we were at the beginning of the week. Um, and the fact that we should beat Brighton and Arsenal should lose to Liverpool technically. But the thing is, I just don't back us now to go on a string of like five or six wins in a row. So forget about, you know, getting three points on Arsenal here and there. We just, we just don't have the consistency to put in five or six wins in a row, which is what Arsenal have done. And they've taken themselves from being, you know, behind us um, when we had games in hand. So now they're above us and they've got a game in hand and they're above us quite comfortably as well. Um, and the thing is like the chase for the top four is, 
really poor this year. Like no one is really looking that good. Um, and we're sort of allowing Arsenal to sort of do it. And they've they're not doing anything other than what should be expected of them. They're like they're beating teams which they should be beating, and they haven't beaten a, a decent side for a little while. But that's the sad thing about it is we haven't made them do anything more than that. We don't like challenging them to do anything more than that. Um, so I don't think we've got it in ourselves to do anything about it. What I'm sort of praying for now, and this is how sad life becomes, is that maybe Man United will, because that's the sort of all we've got left, which is like sad. But um, I just don't think, you know, I think with the last seven or eight games in a row, we've won one, lost one, won one, lost one. We're just not going to put a run together, which is a real shame because the top four race is was realistic um, a few few games ago. But now it's just, I think it's too much for us. I really do, which is a shame. But like Ash said, we've got the right manager. We're just going to have to stick with it this season. Hope that it gets better in summer. Hope that we back the man. Um, sort of some cane quotes today that sound like he's pretty happy as long as Conte is happy, um, which is all that we are as fans as well. So as long as we back Conte in summer, we'll be back, hopefully. I think, Ash, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was going to just say, like, I think, and I hate to say this, but like Arsenal have put together a really impressive run and they like really backed like the manager in the summer. And I think like we're a better, well, we were a better side at, like in the summer than like Arsenal were and they've gone and spent the money. And I just think like we just have to give this guy money because he's making like the two signings that were made in January are like really good. And we're not far off. Like we're going to, we're going to finish like between like anywhere between six, seven points off like top four, probably maximum. So we're not going to be far off. So we just need to give him the money. Like he's definitely the right guy. The system is brilliant. Yeah. And just to um, reiterate what Ash just said there, I think I saw a tweet saying um, last season, we finished a point behind Arsenal and they spent 150 million pounds in the summer. Um, so really we're about where we should be and they're about where they should be. And it's just like an indication in summer, we've got to spend, we've got to back Conte um, if we want to get back, you know, in line with them. But why can't we win like two games in a row? I just, this is the big like mystery to me. And like, even, even as inconsistent as we are, that sort of level of like baffling consistent inconsistency. Do you know, do you know what I mean? I, I just don't understand it. Like we literally can't win two games in a row. What on earth is that about? Like I'm looking, I was looking at Kane on Saturday thinking, is it, is it you? Because he doesn't seem to be able to have, like he either has like one amazing game and then a terrible game. And it, and it's like the team follows that pattern. I think that's a really good point about Kane actually, because I thought the Conte quotes after the previous game, he kind of called Kane out um, and a few of the other key players about sort of their consistency and basically said that like, it's all well and good winning like five nil, but you've got to win like at the weekend because it really matters. And we didn't. And I, I think like that's sort of, that's kind of just like the history of like the club in like the past few years is that like they win a game and then like the next game becomes like very important for like the long term. And we, we just don't get the desired result. And I think like Conte is right. He's like calling out basically the, the mentality of like, not only are the top players, but like the club in general. And I think that's what's been missing for so long and like why I think he's the correct manager for us. I think another reason is that we don't we can't rely on our players to stay fit. Um like Cessignon had one of his best games against Everton for us. Um and he's been getting a couple of assists lately. And now he's injured for a month again. And Reggion comes into the site and um by all accounts has a pretty terrible game against Man United. Like 
we just don't seem to be able to string like we don't have the luck or I don't know if, it's, if it is luck or whatever it is you know Conte I know has called out our medical team there's obviously something going on there because it's been terrible for years and years and years but like we just don't we need to buy players like people like Kulusevski that just come into the team and just play all the time like we can't keep having these players like we've had in the past of like Gio and Tongi and like Sessegnon where they they come in and out the side they play 60 minutes they get subbed off they get injured and they get out for a stretch and they come back in um so I think we need to sort that issue as well because I think Conte is so reliant on the fullbacks and that's his whole system. That's his whole thing. And I don't know. I think that's our biggest weakness. So hopefully that's something that we want to address in summer as well. Yeah, I think that's that's obvious, isn't it? Those The, the current sort of wingback system, the, the wingbacks in the system aren't up to the job that Conte wants them to do. But I sort of, I feel like I want to just kind of bring back a little bit of positivity because I do feel like the last two transfer windows genuinely have been our most successful in years, right? If we're looking at Kula and Benzincourt and Romero. And even though two of those three did not have a good day on Saturday, like Benzincourt looked slightly overwhelmed and Romero obviously just, while he had that kind of hilarious celebration of uh, their own goal, which obviously, yeah, we all enjoyed, like he did, he didn't have a great day. But Kulu really did, again, like... He was really trying to make things happen all the time and didn't look sort of overawed by the situation. But I think even given the sort of two poor performances, like those are three such solid players that I feel they, they do give me hope, definitely. Kulu was really good again, wasn't he? But I do, and this has happened a lot this season because, uh, yeah, we're just so up and down. Uh, I do feel sort of almost embarrassed that we talked about... Uh, Doherty maybe being brilliant and solving our right-back problem uh, after the Everton game, but he was back to his extremely average self um, and, as far as I can remember, wasn't really linking with Kulu. But, um, yeah, Kulu did look uh, excellent again. Staying on the positivity thing, if you look at our squad, we've got like we've got a decent spine now. We've got like Kane, Romero, Skip, Benton, Kulu, Son and Kane. There's a lot of quality there. Uh, Loris and Gold, sorry, I should have said at the beginning. Um, and Benton Karakulu just show what happened when you actually buy quality players. Like they just come in and make the team better straight away. We've got to get those fullback signings right. We have to do that. Like that is our number one priority in summer. Um, and I think, you know, as we've been saying on this pod pretty much from day one, we have to get a second striker. Um, because as you mentioned, the consistency earlier, I don't think Kane can do it every single game, week in, week out. Certainly not, at, you know, he's only going to get worse at that because of his age. So I think as long as we get the, keep buying quality players like Kulu and Bentancur, this is what's going to happen. And hopefully um, I have total faith in our manager to sort us out next year. So I do think we'll be fine. It's just we have to get that right back signing right. And we have to, you know, if we're going to maybe take a dodge on Cess or Reggie and we have to get a left back as well because fullbacks is everything for Conte. And I don't think, I don't really have faith in any of four of our fullbacks at the moment to be like the level that we want to be. So hopefully we'll get that right in summer. Anyone got anything else to add about the United that they enjoyed or didn't enjoy? I'm just so sick of seeing like evil win. Do you know what I mean? Like, like right at the beginning of the game, they said, oh, I think once, you know, once Ronaldo had got two goals um, and the commentator was like, oh, he's only got like what he only, he's only had like one hat trick for United. And I just thought, well, that's obviously going to happen now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was inevitable. And why does it just always have to be like the most unpleasant player for the most unpleasant club? I'm so sick of it. 
And I hate just that we gift wrapped it. That's just going to be my last little gripe. It was just like, here you go, have a present. You're welcome. Love Tottenham Hotspur. Talking of evil winning as well, obviously, it was Chelsea-Newcastle yesterday and sadly they both couldn't lose and uh, Chelsea won and, oh God, I hate them so much. It's all right though because they're just about to be bought out by um, Saudi Arabian consortium. So, you know, that's, all, that's good news, isn't it, for the, for the love of the game? Yeah, I'm going to quit. Like, if that happens, I quit football. I'm just going to, I'm like, as dramatic as that sounds, I just can't be bothered with it anymore. Like, what's the point, honestly? Like, if they're just going to get away with it and be brought out by someone even worse, really, like, football's finished. I liked um, Tom Edwards, uh, who I briefly worked with, who's also a Spurs fan, uh, tweeting earlier about saying that um, Eddie Howe, Pep, and Tuchel need to just put up with being asked about who's paying their enormous wages. I think Eddie Howe was a bit stroppy when he was asked about the beheadings in Saudi Arabia yesterday. Anyway, it's not Tottenham related. Uh, we'll move I on. I think it is great, though, that the, I've seen a nickname on Twitter, call, people calling him Beheady Howe. Beheady Howe. It's a great nickname. <laughs> and that's all we should ever refer to him now from uh, yeah. Beheady Howe. <laughs> that's excellent that's <laughs> um that's all i'm gonna call him definitely uh he's no bruno large anyway if everyone remembers that for, at one point i wanted to be known solely as bruno large um i know uh we all watched uh the united game in different places we mentioned my experience watching the united game earlier on our twitter account um just to start the tale, I want to say I hate rugby. Um, part-time drinkers uh, watching egg chasing in the pub. Uh, I was with family in King's Cross uh, on Saturday and wanted to go and find somewhere to watch the game. I ran into, I think, five or six different pubs that were all showing the Six Nations because England were playing at the same time. No one was showing the uh, Spurs game I got really pissed off. I watched the first half in Weatherspoons in Kings Cross Station, uh, which was pretty glamorous on, on my phone, uh, on the Now TV app on my phone. And then at halftime, I was like, OK, there must be somewhere showing it. Went and looked around the station thinking there might be another pub. And in the end, I watched the second half in Pret in Kings Cross Station. It's a good Pret. Uh, and I love a prayer. I bought those nice chocolate almonds. Uh, but it wasn't an ideal situation to watch the game in. Uh, and I probably just should have not watched it at all and stayed with my wife and in-laws. Um, so we asked on Twitter, what unusual places have people watched Spurs in? Uh, and we got some good replies, right, Billy? Yeah, we've got absolutely loads. Um, and can I just preface this by saying I was at a wedding on Saturday and I did not watch any of the game whatsoever. And I can't recommend it enough, to be honest. It is absolutely a brilliant way to be a Tottenham fan is just don't watch any of the games. That is my new way of life is just don't watch. I haven't seen this any of This is what I, I always haven't... try to do, but living know, with another brilliant. Spurs fan means I'm not allowed. It is absolutely brilliant. I, ha I haven't seen a second of Ronaldo like doing anything against us. So it's absolutely fine. And judging by these replies that we've had, I can't believe more people aren't doing it because some of these are absolutely ridiculous. So I'm going to read them, read them to you now. Okay. So we have got uh, watch Man City, Spurs Man City in a dance tent at Broadmasters at the start of the season using someone else's hotspot. 
That is brilliant dedication. Um, he said, borrowed my friend's portable TV and watched the 95 semi-final versus Everton at my cousin's christening. So what I can sort of glean from that is you, you plugged a portable TV in in a church and then watched us in a semi-final, which is, you know, a, a seriously good image to, to imagine. Um, I watched the City, the City Away game seems to be watched by all sorts of people all in all kinds of places. It comes up quite a few times. I watched City Away in the, in the Champions League in a hostel bed in Vietnam at 4 a.m. Silently exploded when the Lorente goal went in. Uh, I watched this, right, this one is, you know, mind-blowing. I watched this play Fulham in hospital as my girlfriend was giving birth to my son. Broke up with her two months later and we lost 1-0. Now, I don't want to say karma, but probably might be something to do with the fact that you watched Tottenham during your birth, that you broke up two months later, possibly. Uh, I watched City Away in a strip club in Shoreditch. Again, City Away comes up. And a stag do. Got kicked out when the winner went in and was going mental. Um, in the airport now, in Singapore I was on a school trip to the Philippines and there was a three hour layover what are the chances I watched the second leg of the Spurs City Champions again City comes up in a maternity ward with my six hour old son in my arms why are, every, why are we watching Spurs like during pregnancies and births like what are we doing there serious dedication I once watched 90 minutes of pre-season friendly in the toilets at work um, I watched it in Afghanistan on Indian satellite TV when I was working for the American forces, basically TV, $30 for six months. Again, great dedication. Loads of holidays comes up. Um, Adam Higgs, he says he watched it in Magaluf for 2017. We won 6-1 against Leicester. Uh, watched the second leg of the Sheffield. This is Adam Nathan. Watched the second leg of the Sheffield United semi-final in 2015 on an iPad on a toilet in a hotel room in Thailand at 4 a.m. So as not to wake my wife up. And there you go. Um, watched it in Vegas on the morning of my wedding. We lost again to Burnley. I think a running theme here is people dedicating their lives to watching Tottenham and then losing, which is a lesson we can all learn from, I think. Um, I said, not watching Spurs, but it affects... Now, this is a nightmare that we can all ascribe to because I know this game is lasting long in the memory of all of us. So just been to the playoff final at Wembley, Blackpool at my hometown team. We had lost to West Ham of all sides. Nightmare. And this is where it gets worse. And we were watching Chelsea versus Bayern Munich in the Champions League final whilst on the coach home to find out if we got Champions League the next season. Chelsea went on pens. We got back to Blackpool at 1am. Shit day all round. Now, I don't want to sum up being Tottenham, but you know. I watched the last 20 minutes through the window of a pub opposite the pub I was in. Right. Now, Steve McGrath has messaged us three times here. I'm just going to say, Steve, I, don't, I think you should stop watching Tottenham on holiday because we watched the second leg versus Juventus in an Irish bar in Rome. Um, wasn't expecting a room full of Juve fans. I watched the 4 1, this one's a bit better at least. I watched the 4 1 versus Liverpool at Wembley whilst flying to Vegas to get married. Paid 25 euros for an awful in flight Wi Fi to watch an awful stream, worth every penny. And then had the misery of the League Cup defeat to West Ham a few days later in an Irish bar in Vegas that had five or six West Ham fans there. Um, and then someone also, I think Dom, has, Dom has sent in a video of himself watching Tottenham in a rave, which again is absolutely crazy. And then we had a really, really special one, to be honest. Um, so I'm just going to dedicate some time to this one because it's really, really important. So a fan called Glebersick Memersick got in touch with us and he said this, which has blown us all away totally. Um, and we really, really appreciate him getting in touch. So he said, I've watched Leeds match from a bomb shelter. I'm Ukrainian, by the way. So... He, from his location on Twitter, he seems like he's in Kiev. Um, and we just want to say, we want you to stay safe. Um, we're all with you. And we want to send our solidarity from everyone here at Hometown Glory. Uh, and we'd love it if you could keep in touch with us throughout this whole ordeal. Um, and we're thinking of you the whole time. So that's Glebersik Memersik in Ukraine. Uh, and we just want a special, send a special Hometown Glory shout out to Ukraine at the moment. So that was a really, really nice one to end on.
Yeah, what an incredible message to get. And some hilarious ones there as well, because I've certainly uh, dragged my wife around some European cities when we've been on holiday to find like the one Irish bar that's showing some shit like Europa League game that we were playing in. Um, Ash- Honestly, though, I do think watching Tottenham on holiday and like in a like Irish bar is like one of the always the best part of the holiday, isn't it? Like, like it's quite fun because you get chatting to a load of neutrals who support various European teams, and some of them might even have a soft spot for Spurs. Ash, have you watched any um, any games in weird places on TV? Um, nowhere particularly weird that springs to mind, but I have like woken up at like three o'clock in the morning in like Bangkok and like walk to a pub um, to watch Spurs. I think we beat Aston Villa like three, four, one or something. I can't remember, but that's probably, that's one that sticks out for sure. I think the, the problem is like now with phones, it's sort of like stopped that kind of weird. You have to go and like hunt down a pub somewhere random. So I feel like the weirdest place probably I've watched it is like, I think my eldest daughter, like her, one year health review we were like waiting to go and see if like everything was fine with her but like watching like the Watford game on Ollie's phone (laughs) I think we won that one so that feels all right yeah and I've like watched loads of games while like one of my kids is like asleep on me with like the sound down which to be honest is how I do prefer to watch my football anyway because most commentary just makes me want to like stab my ears out (laughs) um the problem is with phones is that, like you said, it's kind of killed that running around looking for a pub, but it means someone like me ends up in Pret scaring other customers because they could, I was, I've just remember it was coming back to me because I'd had a few beers, but people were giving me some looks as I shouted to myself in, in Pret over whilst eating my chocolate almonds. And if you so guys what's have done his that problem? Thing? Like... <laughs> But too many to count. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever done that thing like where you, you're on a flight and a Tottenham playing at the same time. And it, obviously, uh, I've never really been on a flight with Wi-Fi and you literally can't check your phone because every time I'm out and I'm sort of, you know, I'm thinking, right, I'm going to put my phone away while Tottenham play. I'm not going to check it. And I literally check it every 10 seconds, like refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. But when you're on, your, on a flight and there's literally no way you can have any sort of inkling of the score, it's quite... Like, I find it really, really weird for my, like, my mental health. I was like, I, c- I kept thinking, wonder what's going on now, wonder what's going on now. So I think it's a bit weird, like when you literally, there's no possible connection to Tottenham. It's quite, it's quite weird in a way. So I've had that a few times on flights and then you just, you land and like the first thing you do is check like flash score to see, see that we've lost. Actually, do you know what? Just thinking about like one of our rare victories at Old Trafford, the AVB one, I didn't watch because I was in Paris doing like a 10 mile run from um like Paris to Versailles which is something I used to do every year so again like there was just no way I could like check the score and then like ended up like just kind of finding my phone like right at the end of it and just thinking am I like have I passed out because that was like 10 miles like not not a short run (laughs) and just not because I just like put it out of my mind thinking we're just going to go to Old Trafford and lose and like like just thought am I having like an out-of-body experience am I like super dehydrated or did we actually win amazing um, run from Paris to Versailles sounds lovely as well. 
need to sign up for oh this. my god it's actually amazing it's really hard work for like the first third and then like towards the end you're just kind of running through the forest and then you come out and you're just like running straight towards like the palace which is like obviously like pretty tacky but also looks pretty impressive kind of sparkling gold in the sunlight yeah it's uh, something I've been like meaning to go back and do like since I had my kids but uh that's still on hold for now sounds lovely and preferable to watching Spurs most uh, in most games um right let's move on uh Rosa to compound our misery this weekend Spurs women also lost to Man City yesterday uh but we're still above them in the league in fourth place that's just outside of the Champions League spots but Considering not that long ago we were still in the women's championship, it seems pretty good to me. How are you feeling about Spurs women? Yeah, it's still so good. And they're definitely um, massively ahead of schedule. It was just, it was such a shame because the first half was a really good, solid performance. Um, And then we came back. And I think, unfortunately, Kaya Simon had to go off and then Rachel Williams went off as well. So, like, we were even more kind of depleted in attack and obviously City have a lot of players and ultimately like the goal was inevitable because we couldn't get out of a half. And, but then it was one of those things where the actual goal that we conceded was like a horrible scrappy one that was like unnecessary. So that was really gutting. But, you know, again, it's, it is just that thing of just like lacking like, fa- like firepower, which we, which we already all know. Um, and I think, like the next two games, obviously Chelsea away, Arsenal away. I'm not super hopeful about that. But again, so it doesn't. So again, like we've been quite up and down with Spurs women this season. It doesn't really feel like Champions League is going to happen. But you, but again, you just never know. And in the meantime, you know, it was just it was nice to watch a Spurs team playing some kind of like competent but also pretty gutsy football. Like they really did like try, and it wasn't even as if we didn't have chances either. So. Like a point was there for the taking, not very, not a very likely point, but it could have happened. So you never know. So I feel sort of, you know, they, they are the, the the thing to remember is that they are way, way, way ahead of schedule. And I think with just some additions over the summer, like they'll definitely be challenging next year. Well, I'm sad to realise that um, as if Spurs teams haven't played Chelsea enough this season, we're playing them again. I don't think that game's until the 23rd, although I am also torn about Spurs playing Chelsea because it seems a good opportunity to boo them. Uh, and I'm quite disappointed we're not um, still in the FA Cup to, uh, you know, whatever. I actually wouldn't care if we lost again to Chelsea, just if I like got the chance to boo them for 90 minutes. Um, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, I'd feel pretty good about that, to be honest. And I feel slightly like... I know that Emma Hayes, the Chelsea um, women's coach, has like done amazing things. But it's sort of slightly weird to see her kind of say stuff about like, oh, I love my team. Like this group of players is amazing. Like we just fight for our club. Like this week, I thought, I just, I don't know if now's the time to be saying that sort of thing, Emma. Do you know what I mean? Just a reminder that like, you know, I guess women can be evil too. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, I did, uh, yeah, seeing reports and people saying, you know, it's been a really tough week for Chelsea. I'm like, is it? 
compared to the tough week some other people around the world are having i don't know the Chelsea fan meltdown has been delicious it's true I think we should probably take a moment to appreciate that because even if they are going to be like saved in the end and it's not going to make a difference like we have all enjoyed this week it's been amazing right my favorite thing was like Frank Lampard saying oh I've only met him like four times but it's nothing to do with me honestly it's like yeah all right Frank mate okay I can count the count the amount of times I've met him on one hand well, and just days before John Terry had posted that photo of him and Roman, like, God. Which is still up, by the way. He still hasn't deleted it. He still hasn't deleted it. Yeah. At least John, at least to be fair, at least he doesn't pretend that, he, that he's evil, unlike Lampard, who sort of gives it, gives the, tries to give the impression that he isn't. Yeah. Lampard does try to be a nice guy. It was really fun, uh, that Everton game, watching him in the dugout. Uh, right, looking forward to uh, the rest of the week. We've got two more games. Uh, we don't draw games, so surely we beat Brighton uh, and lose to West Ham. And you all know how I feel about West Ham. Uh, Brighton are on a pretty bad run of form, but of course anything can happen. Billy, I know you're a big Lamptey fan. Uh, what would you change in terms of our team, our lineup, and our tactics for this one? I don't know what I would change because I think we're we're like threadbare at the moment. Like this. you know, you would look at we can't change Reggie on. Um, we can't. You can't really bring Emerson into the team. Like he's he's so poor um, at the moment. I think we'll stick with pretty much the same team that we've done, and I'm not I'm okay with that. To be honest, I do think that team will be enough to beat Brian again. Central midfield, we don't really have many options. You you, you might maybe see Wink start. Maybe I could see that happening possibly. Um, but we just don't really have a big enough squad to even rotate players at the moment, which is a concern. What I think might be interesting is if maybe Bergwijn got a run out, he might deserve that um, because Son has been sort of inconsistently to poor, I would say, over the last few games. Um, so, But again, he doesn't really seem to ever get a look in Bergwijn anymore. Like, he hasn't started since, like, I can't even remember. It must be a cup game or something since he started in. So I think that's the only change we may see. I can't see him bringing Emerson, maybe Winks and Bergwijn, maybe. Um, yeah, but I think it'd be interesting the, the Brighton game because it hopefully be a good opportunity to see like what fullback should be like. Because I think they've got two really decent fullbacks like Cocarella and uh, Lampetti, two really good players. Uh, I would take both of them in some in a heartbeat. Um, yeah, but I think we should beat them really. I think I'm kind of now doing the mental gymnastics in my head because I've just seen that like uh, Crystal Palace just drawn to Man City, which should mean that Liverpool are really fired up to beat Arsenal. So hopefully it'll be a good day for us tomorrow. I think hopefully you know we'll win, Arsenal will lose. Didn't we? Did we not keep their fullbacks pretty quiet in the cup game? Yeah, I think they both had a pretty poor game against us, which is good. Yeah, I think Lamperty had a, had a pretty poor game against. Us. I think Romero absolutely smashed him at one point, and then I think that was sort of the last that we saw him in that game. So yeah, hopefully it'll be the same again. It was Basuma that was I love the big. You. I, the big yeah, problem, he was really wasn't good. he? Yeah. But I still love you, Tarek Lamptey, and I will always love you. <laughs> um, Ash, I can't bear to talk too much about West Ham. So uh, tell us how you're feeling about the next two, generally, Brighton and West Ham. Uh, I feel fine about it because we're so inconsistent. I just never know what's going to happen. Um, and the first 11 is really good. So... I think like Billy said, like, keep it the same. Um, hope no one gets injured. Pray that Skip comes back. I don't know what's happened to him. Is he alive? I haven't heard anything about him yet. What's he's going due on? back end of the month, apparently. But you know my theory right, okay. that he's just not, we're not going to see him again this season. 
That is it, such, it's how are you out for like three months with an infection? Like what? How that could only happen to a Tottenham player? Like, I what, know. What footballer gets an infection in their thigh and then they're out for like four months? Like, what is going on? Yeah, it's 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 quite weird because Skip and sort of Romero are two of our better players, and we've barely seen them all season. It's completely bizarre. So that's like something that definitely gives me like a lot of hope actually moving forward that like these few players that are decent, like you, we've barely seen them, but um, I'm really looking forward to the West Ham game because I don't think I've been to a West Ham Spurs game at the new stadium yet. Um, and I'm just like looking forward to just like the atmosphere and vibe like in there. Hopefully it should be like really good. So yeah, I have, and it was, it was I the have. last game I think I went to before my second daughter was born and it was a one nil it was an absolute mugging it was a horrendous it was it was our first loss in the new stadium wasn't it yeah i think so yeah uh our first league loss yeah yeah i think yeah we'd already lost to ix which i was also at yeah i feel quite relieved because it's my daughter's fifth birthday party on sunday and i didn't even do it on purpose this time. Like, I'm just not, I'd like, I said, let's book it on Sunday so that, you know, we've got Saturday to kind of fully get our act together and get all the extra bits we needed. And I completely, I genuinely forgot that we were playing West Ham that day. So I'm not, I'm not even avoiding it on purpose. It's just like a natural, beautiful thing that's happened. Listen, um, don't you learn from the mistakes of the hundreds of people that have messaged us and don't watch it on your phone. Like in the mm, toilet there's no way. Birthday. <laughs> don't watch no. it. Paris to Versailles and we will win. We'll win it. If you exactly. Don't I'm going to block it out. Just enjoy, uh, let it go. And we don't talk about Bruno and happy by Pharrell and ignore that the game is on. Exactly. Um, Just enjoy my life. Yeah. <laughs> I think also um, West Ham have got to play this Thursday, haven't they? The second leg of their Europa League game against Seville. And they lost the away leg. So, fingers crossed, they all get exhausted on Thursday. And also, Bowen is out, I think. Uh, and he was on a brilliant run. So, that's good news. I think um, and I think Antonio went off injured, didn't he, against um, whoever they beat at the weekend? I think so. So, that could be good as well. Um, I, I know we've been saying this on the podcast, what seems like the last two or three months, but I think we're going to win both of these games. I really do. So six points. See where we are after that. Could be back in it. Who knows? Let's hope. Let's hope. That's that done then. <laughs> we're going to lose now. Both games. <laughs> I feel like I've, I feel like Ash, I feel like I'm quite relaxed. You know, we're going to win one. We're going to lose one. I think that's fine. I think. Look, Charlie's not here as well because Charlie. Let's not forget he made the prediction that we would smash. Southampton we would thrash Southampton I think was his uh his call and there's yeah. at least another one where he's been extremely confident that it was all going to go really well so uh sorry Charlie but we're glad you're not here to curse us I'm just going to say as well do you remember drawing games do you remember what that used to be like we haven't not done that since, we haven't done it in 2022 our last draw was in, in on the 28th of December against Southampton like <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't mind a couple of draws now and then, is all I'm saying. If we're going to lose like literally every other game, just take that one draw from now and then just to stop that ridiculous run that we're on. Yeah, did I? Do you remember we did that in our last season at Wembley, though? Do you remember? Like, we didn't, like, our Wasn't last, like like, league, literally our last, record, I think so. And our last game at Wembley was the North London derby, which we drew. I think we have like a Premier League record of going the most games about drawing. I think that was on the pot at Wembley. I think you're right. Yeah. 
I mean, it feels about right for Tottenham, doesn't it, really? Just like nothing in the middle, just all over the place. I think we've lost 17 games this season. Is that right? Yeah, I saw I saw that on Twitter, yeah. I think all competitions, yeah. Yeah. I think we've lost five league games in 2022, which is pretty, pretty crazy. That is but shocking. we're going to win the next two, so it's all right. All right, Billy, uh, we're going to carry your confidence into the next seven days. Um, right, let's get on to the least stressful part of the show. Let's talk our culture picks. And Ash, tell us what you've been listening to, watching, enjoying in the past week. Yeah, so like there's been quite a few good albums that have come out lately. So there's like Central C, Diplo, Koji Radical, Robert Glasper, Strome. But the album that like stood out to me was the Benny the Butcher album, which came out on Friday. Um, I think it's called Tanner Talk 4. And it's just like a very like gritty New York uh, boom bap, like hip hop album. Um, and yeah, it's great. Like, I think he puts out an album every like three weeks, it seems. There's always a new sort of like Griselda, Benny the Butcher album, but generally this one's really good. And it just sort of like stood out amongst like the various albums that like I've listened to lately. So I definitely recommend that. Nice. I'll have a listen to that, Ash. Thank you. Ash always has um, great music picks. Uh, I've been enjoying the Koji Radical album as well. Uh, I'll be honest. I, I, no, I really like Koji. Um, but him, both him and Little Sims are very Kendrick influenced, I think. There's like so much that they take from Kendrick. So it's uh, listening to Koji earlier today made me also yearn for the return of, uh, of Kendrick and these headlining festivals this summer. So surely we'll get that new music very soon. Uh, while I'm talking, I also really enjoyed the return of the misadventures of Romesh Ranganathan. Um I know this. it's not like a particularly um, left field pick or something that people don't know about, but he's obviously uh, extremely funny. Uh, but in this one of his many TV shows, uh, it's this kind of travel log show. He goes to unexpected uh, destinations. Obviously, COVID put the show on hold for a while, but he's previously done episodes in Zimbabwe and Haiti. And the latest episode was in Sierra Leone. Um, and he can do funny, but he genuinely tackles some quite serious issues in a very tender, uh, interesting, kind of enlightening way in that show as well. Anyway, that first episode of the new series is on iPlayer. Uh, Rosa, tell us something or some things, uh, some choices <laughs> for you. Uh, what have you been listening to and watching lately? Well, well, I went to see the Louise Bourgeois exhibition at the Hayward Gallery this weekend, which was very, very, very cool. So obviously she's the woman who does all the like giant spider um, sculptures. And this only had one of those in because it was it was about um, the work that she'd done in sort of the last two decades of her life where she was more interested in kind of using sort of fabric and textiles. Um, but it was all just fascinating really some really like big pieces and then some also quite small she like there's a there's a really there was one room that I really loved where she'd made just kind of little sort of dolls of like pregnant women and then little babies I don't know it was just kind of very moving really um and a really nice um one of like a sort of torso with like a little 
baby figure kind of resting very gently on it, which you've, which if you have kind of had children or just cuddled children and had them lie on, you just felt very sort of real, even though it was just a kind of stuffed model. Um, and then, yeah, she did have one of those sort of giant spider sculptures, which was also like massively impressive. Um, loads of children at that exhibition, which I found quite weird because aside from the sort of mother room, like some of it's quite like explicit. <laughs> so I was a bit like, is this that appropriate? Like lots of like school age kids just kind of sketching things. But anyway, you know, I guess parents can do whatever. Um, and then on a Sunday night, I started watching the... Um, Oh my God, is it, which Cohen brother is it? Joel or Ethan, who just did the version of Macbeth? It's Joel, right? It's Joel, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The other um, one's retired, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's retired. They're just, yeah, they're just not, like this is just their, his first sort of solo effort. Um, so I'm only halfway through that, but so it's with Denzel Washington as Macbeth and Francis McDormand as Lady Macbeth and Brendan Gleeson as Duncan so it's obviously got like a wildly impressive cast it looks it's got that sort of Coen Brothers very kind of like stagey theatrical feel to it it's all in black and white but it is very kind of stark and all the lines are really sharp um it's quite an interesting thing to watch at this kind of present moment really because it's a very kind of sparse staging so you there's sort of no obvious reason for anybody to want to like acquire more power. You know, there's no like, the, the, there's, there's not a lot of people. There's not a lot of um, like ornaments or money or anything. There's Do you no know what I mean? There's nothing. Yeah. There's out. no obvious kind of kingdom. It's all pretty bleak. So it's just kind of power for its own sake, which is a sort of, interesting thing I think to think about in this kind of particular moment where you're sort of watching a kind of one madman kind of push the world to the brink really and you sort of think there's no kind of real way of like properly being able to understand that but um on a lighter note it's just always really fun to watch performers like Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand kind of do what they do best they're just brilliant it's a real thrill so yeah like I said I'm only halfway through that because I simply cannot watch uh, one film in one single setting ever at the moment so like I assume the rest of it will be good we'll see how it turns out um your mention of uh Louise Bourgeois uh also reminded me that I need to get to the Oof gallery um, at the Spurs Stadium uh, and they just announced uh, a new joint exhibition uh, Martin Parr, the amazing photographer, and uh, Corbin Shaw kind of split exhibition, which opens 18th of March uh, and goes on till the 8th of May. I've been meaning to go to the gallery for ages, but uh, getting just to a game from South London takes long enough, so I need to factor in some extra time to see that, but that sounds really cool. Uh, Billy, tell us what you've been watching, presumably like hundreds and hundreds of films. Yeah, I have. Um, I'll talk about one of them in a second, but I'm amazed you didn't beat me to this, Tom, actually. I was so sure you are going to say it. 
um, is the Neo Archives EP. Oh, it's so good. It just came out on Friday. Um, Forbidden Feelings, it's called. I think it's got six tracks on it. Yeah, six tracks. And it's just so good. I think, honestly, she's, I know we've mentioned her on a few, few times before, but I think she's just like one of the best things to come out of the UK in ages. I think she's going to be a superstar. Um, I think this EP is like really, really promising. Um, you got, have you guys liked that one as well? You listened to it yet? It's really, really good. It's got, um, it's got 18 and over on it, obviously, which has been a single before, but it's got some other really good tracks as well. So yeah, I'm loving that one. Yeah, so I still haven't listened to it, but I love her. And 18 and over is like one of my favorite tracks of the last few months, for sure. She's so cool. And just like that amazing, like she's got a really soulful voice, but, and then there's the jungle thing, a really nice mix of genres. Yeah, and I, I've seen a couple of videos of her online. I think Ash put them in the group chat, actually, like when she's DJing and like, I need to see a DJ. She like sings at the same time. Like she is just a ridiculously talented person. Um, but yeah, I really need to see her live. And then the other one, again, which I think Ash has seen as well, um, be interested to hear his thoughts, um, is The Batman. Um, obviously not like a left field recommendation or anything because it's like the biggest selling field in the world at the moment, but I absolutely loved it. Um, I've obviously a big fan of the Dark Knight trilogy, kind of wondering how long how anyone would follow that up um and it feels like that trilogy was like released like last year or the last couple of years because it's like stayed relevant and people always like share memes of it and whatever um and it feels like it was really recent it was actually 10 years ago since we had a batman film um which is crazy really so this was like the in the wake of that and like how do you step out of that shadow but i think they've managed to do it to be honest i think it's a really 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 good representation of batman like, i love the detective stuff and even though i like rose i'm a big advocate of the 90 minute film maximum scene um this was three hours like literally three hours um which is crazy but it didn't feel it i, I was not bored at any point um i managed to sit through it which i think is the biggest compliment i can pay to it um yeah i absolutely loved it and i've thought about it pretty much all day ever since i saw it last week so yeah i really really love that can't wait to see what they do next um ash you weren't as big a fan right of it i just can't do three hours mate it's too long for me <laughs> i can't do it but no it is decent though but yeah like i think two hours is like my absolute like peak limit to be sat in the cinema and like still being able to pay attention but um, I like how dark it is and yeah I am excited to see the next one and it's great just like having Zoe Kravitz on screen at all times I'm very much for that so yeah le uh, less length uh, more Zoe is what they should aim for on number two is she in it loads yes or okay so. good because otherwise I'm not going to bother yeah because yeah, I'm not having that, that whole is. like you know Zendaya in June situation yeah it's, yeah it's much better she has much better um screen time than that and um one of the things I really liked as well is like the club scenes actually look like a club scene like I think they filmed it in Printworks in London um and they have like actual proper decent music in them like you normally the, the music that you get in these club scenes and films are so bad but I think like, like Peggy Goo is on the soundtrack and like Patrick Topping is on the soundtrack and people like that so when they're in a club, it actually feels like they're actually in a, in a club, not in like some staged thing where everyone's like dancing, how no one would ever dance in real life. So that was really yeah, cool. I, I actually it. noticed that actually that like really stood out. The fact that like the club like element just looked really cool. I didn't like, clock that there so was print works. I didn't clock there was print works till afterwards. I was just looking up um, who the song was by and I realised it's Peggy Goo. And then, yeah, so apparently they filmed it in London in print works, which is pretty cool. Is he a good Batman? Like I, while I like the Nolan trilogy, I don't really enjoy Christian Bale. Like my personal favorite Batman is Michael Keaton. I think if I, I think like 
from what I gather online, like most of the real Batman nerds are really happy with it. I think it's like really true to the comics. He's basically like an emo teenager. Um, at one point, he literally tells um, Andy Serkis, you're not my real dad. <laughs> like, he's, it's like, he's basically just a teenager. Like, and, he, and he wears like makeup and stuff. So yeah, I think it's really, really true to the comics. Um, I, you know, I, I think the Dark Knight is like untouchable. Um, but I do think Robert Pattinson is a really, really good Batman. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Michael Keaton is reprising it soon, isn't he? This year in the Green Lantern or whatever it's called. I'm not a massive DC fan um, or know much about it, but I think he's back this year as Batman too. I I really love Michael Keaton. I think he's such an interesting actor and always has been. Guys, justice for Val Kilmer, please. Um, I'm the only person in the world who doesn't like Christopher Nolan films particularly. I quite like the first one in his trilogy, um, the rest was just fucking droning on. Hans Zimmer's score, like Christian Bale being quite annoying, Tom Hardy incomprehensible. Um, so take me back to um, take me back to the Joel Schumacher films, please, uh, with Val Kilmer. And what I really liked about this one is it's basically just Goodfellas in Gotham. It's like they proper lean into like the gangster crime element of it, which is, you know, that's that's what I live for. So yeah, that was well good. The world Three definitely hours. needs like another gritty Batman. Like we just haven't had enough of that. Guys, we need a camp Batman again. We need George Clooney or Val Kilmer. We need Robin. Chris, Chris who was that? Chris O'Donnell? Chris O'Donnell. Shout out, shout out Lego Batman as well. Lego Batman is what we need to go back oh, to. I still that need is, to see that. That is, that is fucking brilliant, to be fair. On that note, right. Lego Batman... Uh, we've covered Man United, watching games in prayer, Lego Batman, uh, Chelsea, the war in Ukraine. Um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been an emotional one. Thank you so much, Ash, Rosa and Billy. Don't worry, Charlie will be back soon. Uh, we hope. I'm sure he will. Um, though he does curse us every time he predicts that we're going to thrash someone. Uh, so uh, yeah we'll be back soon Billy please see us out just want to say this week fuck Chelsea Football Club and up the Spurs planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 